I just head back to the bird. We're back. Who would have thought it? Mate, I, I, I thought it because I have faith in our abilities as podcasters. Oh, I don't know. This is the fact we've actually consecutive weeks of podcasts is pretty impressive. I'm I'm proud of the product we've put out here with Rear of the Grid. <laughs> it's a good podcast. It is indeed. Rear of the Grid, episode two, Styrian Grand Prix. Ferrari, just... Ferrari, that's it all I gotta say. It breaks my heart. It really you does. Just, you can't write this stuff. I'd rather focus on the positives, like Racing Point, like McLaren. Oh, Lando Norris. Lando Norris. All that and more on episode two, two of Rear of the Grid. So, episode two, Styrian Grand Prix. As opposed to the Austrian Grand Prix, which was completely different. Uh, oh, 100% different. This is, a, I mean, Styria is, it's not even near Austria. Facts. No, it's, com- it's, it's, that, I mean, it's, this is Spielberg Styria yeah. as opposed to Spielberg Austria. Very different places. Hysteria in Styria. Come on, that's that was, good. That's I heard freaking Martin Brundle said that, I'm fairly certain. Oh, Martin Brundle is a geriatric. So. Facts. Yeah. Martin Brundle, he's a very wise commentator. What 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 was your what was your big takeaway from the weekend, mate? Well, let's play that. I'll probably just to give you a bit of a overview that. Obviously, dominant dominant weekend for Mercedes. Mm. Lewis Hamilton flag, led flag to flag. Obviously, absolute stonking lap stonking. in the wet. Absolutely stonking. To get that pole just level above everyone else and then just textbook controlled the race. Fairly comfortable victory. Um, but I think the pretty obvious one to get things going was it's, it's Ferrari. Mm. Already. The Scarlet Scoundrels. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. In, indeed. Oh, yeah. The Scuderia uh, Deteria. <laughs> well, that was, it was shocking all weekend. Uh, bad in qualifying. Leclerc messing up, getting that three grid penalty. Yeah, not a. I mean, they, they sort of roll reverse this time around with Leclerc just missing out on Q3, starting 11th. In theory, going to be starting 11th, as Seb did last race. And then, yes, Seb was not able to advance on just sneaking in in Q10. Mm. Um, P10, sorry, for Q3. And then everything that could go wrong went wrong I mean I, it's almost it almost was like Leclerc looked at Sebastian Vettel's whatever the <laughs> hell that was on Sainz last race and went hold my beer it was almost like Leclerc looked at Sebastian Vettel's car and just thought I could just break this right now oh, yeah. I could just Maybe. break this guy's car uh, for those who didn't see it basically there's a you know bit of a hairpin turn it's very early on in the race there's a lot of traffic very congested very slow and Vettel's kind of squeezed towards the apex. I think there were already three right. He had a couple of cars on his outside. Yeah. So, like, he was, as far as he was concerned, you know. Nothing much he can do. Yeah. Leclerc sees, like, an infinitesimal gap. Like, not even really a gap. And he just guns it and runs straight into the backside of Sebastian yeah, Vettel. Yeah, that's the thing. Launches himself off, off that curve on the inside of turn three and sort of gets up his rear wheel, sort of... Side pod up onto Seb's rear wing, which tears the wing off Seb's car. Mm-hmm. Um, I only wish I could know. Well, I was gonna say I wish I could know what was going on inside uh, Kimmy's head, who was sort of the car immediately behind. But I imagine <laughs> it was just, <laughs> and then he just got back to driving. Yes, because um, that's what Kimmy does. Indeed. But yeah, it was just. You, you just sat there like what what because the initial like camera shot the actual like live feed it was sort of caught in the background you weren't 100% certain what had happened and all like who would you know and then you just saw Seb going along with the rear wing hanging off and you're like oh what's going on here <laughs> and then they flash the replay and you're like ah oh, nice yeah what was that what what corner three or yeah turn, turn three yeah. turn three uh, that so they made it all after you know a not great weekend 
in Aus- in Austria. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where somehow yes, Charles, you know, wrestled that car through obviously luck with the safety cars as well to P two yep. and a decent haul of points. Then, you know, they brought their upgrades that they'd said were coming in for Hungary for the weekend because of how awful the car was on the first weekend. Yep. And that, so obviously looking at the very least, they hadn't actually hadn't to help them obviously in qualifying, but they're looking to see how it could change things for them in the race. And they made it exactly three corners for effectively both cars. Seb obviously limped back around and retired immediately. Charles came in, I think changed tyres, went back out there, but only did like another lap or something before they decided yeah, the damage, damage was too much the, on, his, well, on the, the floor. Yeah, the yeah. Floor. And he, well, <laughs> he retired as well, so no running to see what those new parts have done. So yeah. maybe think, the car's better, well, maybe Vettel the car's insisted worse. that the car felt better, but obviously there's, we, there's nothing to go off. Yeah, and that both drive, obviously Seb, as much as I do love to give him grief, quite fairly, just baffled <laughs> completely um, baffled in that just <laughs> w- what's happened there yeah. it's just it's just and I mean Charles I guess to his credit it's actually pronounced Charles the Monegasque way to say it is Charles Leclerc Charles 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 Legrug yes indeed <laughs> to his credit yeah he came out and apologised it was very like he did yeah. completely take responsibility for it in that but at the same time it, it just the fact he went for that gap feels yeah. like a little bit of the manifestation of Charles's ego as well so yeah and it's just, it's just another chapter but in... I mean, ego yeah, maybe he just feels like he's the only Ferrari driver who's capable of doing stuff so maybe he's just but there's no need the... to be doing that on turn three no obviously no, I'm not trying to defend the and, and as much as that he's not because Seb won a race last year as well Seb yeah. has, you know yes Seb has a uh, tendency to spin these days but he's still you know yeah doing reasonably solid and you need two to tango if you're going to want a good spot on the constructors and I think it's telling that even though he did he made such a mistake there's still positive media around Leclerc like um on planet F1 here the headline is Leclerc has killed Vettel in Ferrari politics fight so basically there's all these people praising the way he handled himself you know with apologising he apologised to Seb first before the media yep and um just intimating that he is the de facto number one driver. No? Oh, I think Which is clear. Ch- the, the, the whole team's way. It was obviously it's obvious that they've chosen to shift that weight. Yeah. Behind Charles, you know, with the not resigning Seb, and apparently they never even offered a contract to Seb. They just sort of held him in limbo till you know May when they were like, Carlos signs. Yes. Which is kind of um, dog on one of the grades, but. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it just feels like it's another chapter in arguably the just shit show that has been Ferrari mm. since Michael retired at, I think, the end of 2008, maybe seven. Don't quote me on that. It's <sighs> over a decade-long decline there, Matthew. Well, I mean, obviously... Well, actually, that's not complete. Cause I don't know. So I think, Max, you know, Michael might have gone slightly earlier because Kimi... Michael, Michael might have left in 06. Kimi obviously won the title in 07. But, you know, if you recap what's happened since then, they've, you know, the season after, I think, 08 was just pretty crap. They paid. They effectively said to Kimmy, because Kimmy was still contracted for several more years, actually a decent while, and they basically said, look, we will pay you to not race for us. You go do anything else, rallying, <laughs> whatever, because we want Alonso. We're getting in Alonso. You yeah. just see you, mate. So they shipped Kimmy off, brought in Alonso, Flirted with it, got close. Obviously, uh, 2010, the year that, you know, Weber almost won the championship, then Alonso almost won it, and then eventually Vettel won it to start his merry way to four straight. Alonso again got close with them in 2012, but that was really it for that. Obviously, Alonso, there was a few years there where that car wasn't always all that great, and Alonso had to drive the wheels off it. Then, you know, Alonso decided to depart... They brought in Vettel. They brought back... Oh, sorry, they brought back Raikkonen mm. after a few years. That's a Massa. They decided they weren't happy enough with Massa anymore. They decided to then bring back Raikkonen only like a year after I think they'd stopped paying him from his original contract. <laughs> and then, obviously, Alonso left to go to McLaren. They brought in Vettel. 
And then it's just been another case of a former world champion who then hasn't been able to get over that hump with Ferrari. Yeah. And yet, just constant constant turmoil. They go through team principals and high-level staff. Like, they're going out of fashion. You've yep. got to almost start to feel like... Issue with management. Well, yeah, but like, well, it's, it's a how long of, you know, Bernardo and a few of the other technical staff are their days numbered with results like these. Yeah. Ferrari's not known. It's hard to think of Massimo Bernardo not being there. It is, but it, Ferrari's not known for showing patience with these kind of things. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, just just another chapter. It's just another day at Ferrari, really. Um, <laughs> it's another day at Ferrari. Uh, you know, we'll oh. have to wait and see whether this is still the form they're going to have when we hit um, Monza and Mugello later in the year. Because by that stage, I mean, I don't know whether there'll be limited crowds of these kind of things, but if not, home races for Ferrari, and if these are the performances they're throwing up. Well, your hunger is just this weekend is going to be really interesting to see how they bounce back. Yep, see if they have taken a step forward. Yep. It's a trap where maybe absolute raw power isn't quite as important as it is in Austria, so maybe they can mask a bit of the issues they have there. But, yeah. Just yeah, rely on the driver's skill a bit more, because Leclerc and Vettel are still very good drivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Leclerc, yeah, Leclerc is... Vettel doesn't spin out. Yeah, but both yeah. of them are still, <laughs> in theory, you know, high, high-level drivers. Absolutely, so. yeah. Um, One does have to wonder... And I'll, I'll, I'll take this with the way Ferrari's going and that as a bit of a segue what Carlos Sainz is potentially <laughs> got himself into like he's <laughs> you, you got to almost feel like before the season started that was announced and it was like oh this is big That's this is huge for Carlos getting to go to an absolute top team finally getting recognised for the incredible talent that he is and two races in what do you what do you reckon Carlos Sainz is feeling? Yeah, so when we were planning this show out, breaking the fourth wall here, you mentioned the the science situation and that he might be doubting this move. Now I think that's it's a bit early. It's it's still a bit early for me. Like the season just started. Ferrari are already trying to improve their car. We haven't even seen how the parts go. <laughs> Everyone's trying to improve their car. Yeah, but like. you know, you you you'd think that they'd turn it around at least a little bit. Surely, you'd, 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 you'd really hope so. Hmm. But I mean, the one thing I'm worried about is he gets there, he's probably just going to be playing second fiddle. To well, that, that's the other big thing. He's now, he's, he's almost definitely going to, to be, I don't know, whether Third or not, two. whether, yeah, he, he's almost definitely going to be playing that Raikkonen massive role where he's just at. Now, whether or not he should be, I would put forward the, um, whether or not I think Sainz is as good as Leclerc, probably not. But I don't think it's enough of a gap that he should just be flat out number two. But yeah, I would expect that will likely be the case. And so yeah, yeah. If he's More going of a there. Bottas Hamilton relationship. Where, you know, Sainz will outrace him every now and then, but you'd think Leclerc would take the majority of the team's attention. Yeah, but you know, if he's going there with that, and the car isn't going to be good. It's uh, especially because it suddenly feels like he's he's jumped into a sinking ship from one that has grown wings and <laughs> is now able to fly. Because Michael McLaren, well, if you've got Ferrari as what the a fat, start to the year. If, if Ferrari is your fat loser of the weekend, McLaren's one of your big dogs, oh, isn't it? McL- McLaren comfortably yeah. for the second week running would be a massive winner of the Grand Prix weekend. Signs putting that car, P3 in the wet. Brilliant lap by him. Your P3, Carlos. P3. Well done, Macy. Oh, How about that? Ole! 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 Really, really strong performance. Norris, I think, was P6, which obviously bumped him to ninth, and was, frankly, you listened to him talking afterwards, and Norris was pretty frustrated with himself he knew there was more he had more pace in that car and should have been higher up which is great to see yeah both guys just so positive about their car obviously not the best of races for signs he got off to a fine start he was mm. running solidly and then they really bun- botched it for him in the well, pits it also felt a bit inevitable like just dropping out of p3 like slowly to four oh the end of he was fifth. he was never gonna he was never gonna i don't think he was ever gonna finish so, like, you would always no. expect that he was going to drop back behind Bottas and potentially 
Albon as well over the course of a race. Yep. Um, and you know, Which is what we'll happened. get to the racing points in a little bit, but you know, oh, yes, there we was will. always, you know, yes, we will. <laughs> no, and that's it. You didn't know how far they were going to jump up, but you know, oh. that, but he still like, you know, he was probably looking good to, you know, duke it out for sort of the fifth, sixth, more likely. And that, and then, you know, that six second, I think it was, yeah, I lost about six seconds. I think in the it pits. was the rear left wheel. Yeah. I want to say. And that. And that dropped him behind, behind Perez. It dropped him behind a flying Perez. A flying Perez. It dropped him behind Ricardo. It dropped him behind Ocon at that time, or had Ocon already retired? I feel like Ocon had already. I think Ocon retired. might have. Yeah, the Ocon might have already retired, but it dropped him behind. Just, that. It dropped yeah. him behind Stroll, firmly in the mid, and pack dropped him basically then. right in front of, yeah. right in with Lando, who was eventually able to battle his way past him. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't. A, they were battling for a bit, but it was team orders. Oh told, yes, no, told, you're right. Yes, they, they did. Get out of the way. They did actually, and that was yes. No, you're you're right. So he, he dropped in front of Lando, but Lando obviously had a bit more pace at that stage. You're right. Yeah, um, and it, it worked it was, out brilliant. I think uh, that was it. It was good. I was you know it's good to see. Um, you could say, oh, he's going to have any practicing for next year, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to say that. I think that is one of the strong, the biggest yeah. strengths of. It's good to know that he can take team orders. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think that's a big strength of this McLaren team right now. Like I think you'll find there's few pairings on the grid that have such a good strong relationship as yeah. Lando and Carlos. They've got great teamwork, and that, that's definitely that is a product of being more of a midfield team not not to say that not necessarily like, there are other midfield teams which we'll get oh, to in a second oh, that have not, terrible not, not teamwork to, not, to, not to say yeah not to say that being a midfield team yeah. means that you know drivers get along obviously Perez and Ocon infamously that Grosjean and Magnussen <laughs> claim that the relationship's <laughs> right but it seems kind of sketchy um Haas are not a midfield team <laughs> I mean, they're not now. They, they have been in the okay. past. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's rare in absolute top teams unless there is like a very clear one-two, and it's not like to say one-two in the sense of like you know Albon and Verstappen. I think get along incredibly. Yep. But that is because uh, Albon's just not a threat to Max on a consistent basis at well, all. Again, we'll get to that. Max is an alpha male. Alpha Max, and that, in fact. Whereas you know your relationship with, say, like a Hamilton and Bottas. Um, yes. Like, that's a clear... Or, or, or like, you're probably... Or, you know... Yeah, that's a clear one-two. clear one-two. But, like, I don't think that's necessarily as good of a relationship because, you know, Bottas certainly feels he can be a one. It's yep. just that he is there to be the two. Yeah. And that, so that's, that's the thing. And again, like, I think Seb and, Seb and Kimmy had a perfectly fine relationship with Ferrari, but that was largely because I just don't think Kimmy gave a toss. Kimmy was <laughs> just making Kimmy, that money, Kimmy, man. Kimmy was, Kimmy was more than happy to just be their number two, pick up his old really good result here and there, just go yeah. around and play, you know, rear gunner for Vettel. But when you got two absolute guys, obviously saw it. Hamilton and um, Rosberg came up through karting together, were the absolute best of friends. Both wound up at Mercedes, right as Mercedes got good. And I don't even know if those two speak to each other anymore. <laughs> it, it just destroyed their relationship. So in many ways, I'm almost glad that Carlos yeah. and Lando will be parting ways just because hopefully, you know, it means they're not necessarily going to have to clash as McLaren potentially continues up the grid to hopefully return to being a race-winning car. Yeah, you implied there that McLaren are already a top tier. I wouldn't say that they're a top Oh, they're no, no, they're no, no, they're no, no, I'm not, no. I'm not implying that in the slightest. As I, said, as I said, I think they're, that, that's why they've been able to have such a good relationship so far. Yeah. Because it is, and it is still, it's now, I think it is the best of the midfield cars. Probably toe-to-toe with that, with, you know. The, Ooh, I don't know. Oh, it's that. I don't know. Certainly, I think it's going to be the most <laughs> consistent of the midfield cars. That's fair enough. That's fair um, enough. But I think yeah, well, it's just they don't have a one-two like you said. They're a partnership, and it's just whoever's driving better yes. at the day. And so far, that's been Lando. And if, yes, if Science was in that position, and Lando yes, was slow, I then I, be I do I don't see opposite. any reason why yeah. Lando would not um, swap it back. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah, yeah, and that was yeah. So that was all well done by them, and that, and then obviously everything. Well, I guess well. We'll t- I think we'll touch on more. We might just unpack those last couple of laps all in one go a little bit later. But obviously, it all worked out very well for McLaren. 
Lando came home with mm. a P5 to go with his podium from last week. Well, you sound very ignorant, but is Lando short for Orlando? Is that the... Is that the... Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't okay. believe so necessarily. But I feel like that would make... Or is he just named after the Star Wars character? That is quite possible. Interesting. Because to me, he's either, he's either named after Orlando Bloom or the Star Wars character. I mean... I feel like he's young enough to be named after both. He's probably not quite... No, he's Maybe his parents are really big just... Orlando Magic fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's young Dwight Howard. I know. I believe he is just he is just Orlando on his birth certificate. No diggity. Um, Good for him. Well, what I do know is that he is uh, probably the hottest thing in F one right now. <laughs> um, and that as we'll get to later, scenario seven is my new favorite phrase. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Because everyone loves him because he's such a oh, he's, he's 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 and it's one of those things and that's been that's a big thing that I think has been good for the sport as well. Obviously, in the last few years, the personality Max, Max is a in. good personality. Absolutely. Charles possibly, you know, a bit more, a bit more outwardly full of himself. I think they're they're fun <laughs> drivers. They're all fairly full of themselves. Oh yeah, but um, Charles at times a little bit more in your face about it, less filtered. But, you know, yeah, I think Lando, yeah. that George Russell as well, when he gets the chance to show it, is... He's a comedian. So yeah. much so much bang for your buck. And Ricardo is fun as well. Like Ricardo, and even, as even Albon. Albon, who I think is comfortably yep. the most shy out of all of them. We got to see throughout the lockdown period when he jumped on the streaming side of things. He We certainly got to see yep. a more open side of his personality. So now that is, that is really good for sport. And obviously, you so see yeah, Lando coming home in fifth. Carlos Sainz was able to, with his misfortune, found himself in a spot where he had a free pit stop. So he played that strategy, pitted with a few laps to go, whacked on some fresh tyres, banged out a fast lap of the race, got himself an extra bonus point. That's now McLaren taking the fastest lap in both the um, Red Bull ring races. And Verstappen did the exact same thing, and he he, uh, did. He did. did, Yes, I that thing, because it was Sainz pitted, and I was like, oh, good, this is that. I'll I'll take that. uh, Carlos deserved this after not great race day and then you saw Verstappen did it as well and you'd be like oh well guess Verstappen's getting that fastest lap but no, <laughs> no, not quite, no. no Carlos Sainz was the man who was able to put it together mm-hmm. so that was big for him it was big yeah no big dubs for sure big dubs for McLaren I mean I'm trying to I want to talk about racing point but we should cover Mercedes first I feel like in, in more detail because obviously this was a return to form or just domination from the outset. Like you mentioned well, earlier. Yeah, as, as I think, just for, to, yes, to touch, to touch on the Mercs. Um, like, the Black Arrows. The, the Black Arrows as they are now, yes. Uh-huh. A million times better than those Silver Arrows. But, um, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I think, I think it was just, that's the thing. It, was, it wasn't necessarily a incredible turnaround in pace or anything, but it was just they didn't have the technical... You know, sort of reliability concerns that they yep. did the previous weekend. There was no, you know, Lewis, it's James, you know, gearbox issues, keep off the curves, that's both cars. Bowser, it's James, <laughs> you know, gearbox issues, keep off the curbs, both cars. And then them doing their best rally impersonations as they hammer <laughs> the curbs. Um, and so I did yeah. mean that obviously it took Bottas a little bit of time to work past catch back up and work past Verstappen. It felt inevitable though. Um, it did feel inevitable. It felt I've inevitable. Got to make mention of, um, you know, it was only really for a lap, but the fight Max put up on that to hold that. Max, oh, that was awesome. The, Max, the overtake, the move he ran, and that was probably the big thing. There was some brilliant moves in this race. Max's move, going around the outside, on I think turn four and then sticking it back up to go the inside to turn five yep. on that after you know Bottas had taken him in the straight yep. just absolute class and then just another another you know display of just how much raw natural talent Verstappen has he wasn't able to put up the same fight another lap later but you know considering I think he was already struggling a bit with his tyres and pace well, I think and stuff it was Crofty who said you know he doesn't have a lot to work with but what he does he's pushing to the absolute limit oh yeah yeah and that was yeah so that, that was a brilliant and so that, that for that one lap was a great fight which did keep you know the middle stages of the race that a little bit more interesting because it should be also be said at this point it wasn't obviously as good of a Grand Prix as Austria was but still a more than enjoyable race 
Still a fair few talking points. And yeah, it, but Bottas has come out and said basically that he felt he could have competed with Hamilton and he had a better qualifying position. He's come out again the other day, or I think it was just yesterday, and said that he feels like it's more of a rivalry this year rather than the clear Hamilton number one. He feels like he can really compete. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out this weekend. Don't know. It might not, but first ta- first Mercedes 1-2 of the season... It kind of worries you to think that this might be happening a lot, because the car look, the car the cars look really good. But um, yeah, Toto Wolf is probably very happy. You can imagine. Very so. very happy, and like the Verstappen, the one kind of competition they had suffered from an underperforming car. What it looks like, what it sounded like as well. I don't know if you heard his his comms. He was hey, yeah, Verstappen didn't sound yeah. He was having a particularly enjoyable day out there and just was fairly resigned to running around in third. He gave it his all, Verstappen, but he did, it just felt like the car couldn't compete. And both he and Albon came out and said that they wanted to that they know what's wrong with the car and they know how to fix it. Like they both felt that. And we'll we'll see if they can turn it around. But the Red Bull are clear number two at the moment. So yeah, Verstappen was audibly frustrated. Albon was a bit disappointed at the end, and you kind of saw Albon wasn't really up to scratch. That is, I think that is, yeah, that's one sort of thing that concerning and not necessarily contrasting last weekend because I think that's probably one thing we all got really excited and thought Albon might have a chance to win, but it was the safety cars that compressed the field and the fact he got on the fresh tyres that put him in that position more so than, like, incredible outright raw pace. And I think you saw that a bit this weekend with the fact... And this has always been that one little while. And I think... I mean, it's it's hard running because this was the issue with Gasly as well, although he seemed to Gasly make more bit, yeah. outright mistakes than just lack of pace and that. And it's a hard thing for anyone, I think, being paired with Max. But the void in terms of difference in teammates where they were, I think the biggest gap of, you know, apart from anyone maybe DNF'd, was Verstappen to Albon, which was reduced, I believe, by the fact that obviously Verstappen had a pit stop, but was up at 40-plus mm. seconds at one point, which yep. is a little bit of a worry for Albon, especially with how, again, sort of just impatient Red Bull can be with their drivers. They're definitely known to... Even sometimes mid-season, although I, I would take a, I think a big turnaround for that. But, you know, he see, isn't secured yet for next season. And, you know, at 46 of the pace, there's, Red Bull is certainly not want to just be like, oh, on to the next one. Yeah, they're not afraid of it. Um, Chris Horner came out and said that... Christian Horner. I can't just say Chris. Chris Horner is a Vuelta Espana winning cyclist. So I don't follow cyclists. <laughs> Matthew, I don't No care. one calls Christian Horner Chris, though. Um, it's Chris. Chrissy. Chrissy Horner <laughs> came out and he mentioned that it was a tale of two halves for Albon, that he was a little bit uh, poor at the start, first 35 laps or so, but then he kind of matched the pace a I'm bit later. Had us in the first half. Yes, he did. <laughs> exactly. So I think they're still trying to be positive with Albon. It was not... We're not at that point yet. But no. by any means, he's fine for now. But yes, yeah, no, Red Bull, interesting. Russell is troll on soft, Kvyat, medium, Magnussen is a soft, and Raikkonen is a medium. Nobody has a heart on. Cheers. You're welcome. So I think one thing, one thing for me that was, well, exciting in some regards, but you know, a little bit disappointing in others was for men something I'll be following closely all year, Williams Pace. I think already we're seeing qualifying wise, they seem to have taken a huge step forward. They're no longer, you know, seconds off the cars ahead of them. Latifi was there or thereabouts in terms of <laughs> some pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, looked alright. Uh, and then obviously Russell getting that car out of Q1 for the first time since I think it was the Brazilian Grand Prix in 2018 with Sergei Sorotkin. Um, so obviously didn't do it at all last season. So Russell's first appearance outside of Q1. And you could tell how, how chuffed he and the team were on the radio. Yes, boys! Yes. Nice one. Nice one. Oh, yeah. And yeah. obviously he went one step further 
and he put that bad boy all the way up into P12 with, honestly, for mine, probably the second best lap of qualifying behind only Lewis's pole lap. Like, if you watch Science. that on board... Science. Science well, maybe. If you watch that onboard footage, um, oh. you see everyone was making that. And Russell, everyone was making, at different times, often really big mistakes. So plenty, even, like, Matt's best lap. He had a couple of times where the car was way out sideways. Yeah. I think you watched George, George's lap, and he had three tiny little moments where the car started to get away, and he caught it almost instantly. Barely, you know... Barely perceptible and stuff like that. If you were, you know on an exterior shot, not just following his car that was, like, in, in the middle of the race or something, you probably wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. But, obviously. He quali- so, yeah, he did. It's a shame he didn't manage those mistakes on race weekend. And that, I think, well, that, yes, that's the, uh, the issue. But he's kind of, obviously, after the restart from the safety car, from the Ferrari incident, uh, Kevin Magnussen went up the... Or I think, rather completely jumped him or went round the, round the round over the outside of him in the run into turn four. He sort of fought back on the inside, on the exit of the corner, which put him on the outside going into five. And he just, I think, overdrove it. Tyus really went, didn't have that. Got himself way out too wide, but there's just no grip. And he just could not get it turned and fired off into the gravel and instantly bunted himself down from, I think, like 11th. All the dead way last. Down, all the way down to dead last. Yep. Um, quickly biffed it but as he had to and it was disappointing to see and I think I think he'll admit you know he pushed too hard he apologised straight away yeah. I think it was one of those things like you know he suddenly got this opportunity he's so far up further than the grid for that and he's just got a little bit too over eager and that but I think he'll learn from it and I think that is something that over the course of his career is going to be a, much more of an outlier than it is a trend for George Russell but I think he also he said after the race that that's not what cost them points. Their race, their qualifying pace has come along leaps and bounds, but their race pace is still lacking. And we did see it a bit yep. the previous weekend as well, you know, because George qualified I think seventeenth for Austria, and fairly quickly started slipping his way back through. Obviously Latifi came eleventh, but it was the last car running due to yeah, yeah. and that. Um, and again, they, that's the thing. They weren't, they weren't seeing, they're not as, as far off the pace as they were last year, but they're still far enough off in, you know, in the dry, on race pace, that realistically there's not much more that you can expect from them than running around as the last two cars, which is disappointing. But I think at the same no, time... I, I think they can compete with Haas. I've heard spots that, 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 that my hope is, but as the season goes, they can close that gap down to start probably yeah. competing with that but I also think it says a lot about how far they sort of have leapt forward and how much we all you know how highly we all rate George Russell that this was we were talking yeah. about it and it was oh, well this is disappointing they've yeah. come last two this is and not in the sense of oh this is disappointing just because it's happened again it was like oh this is disappointing but it was like they've blown they a bit of a chance better. here yeah, they're, st- they're last still, and but that's, it's, like, it's that's the best last they've been for a long time, it yes. feels like. And yeah. it gives you just that bit of optimism that I think is really needed with Williams. Even, I think it was before the race, again, talking to Martin Brundle, the big Brundler. Um, you, you were talking to him directly? No, I wasn't. You? George talking... Russell was, actually. Oh, okay. And Russell mentioned, it's kind of weird having all these cars behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe the moment got him a little bit, you know. He I, I think that is quite possible. See, you've got to remember, like personally, I think of last year's rookie class. Russell is the one with the most talent, and probably not to say the others who don't have bright futures, but I think he has the brightest future. But he's also the only one of the three of them who's never been in this position. Yeah. The other two have already got, you know, their nervous jangles of being in the middle of the pack and not just having to worry about the fact that, oh, well, you know, my teammate's in front of me and maybe I pick up some bonus thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. As he as he put in that brilliant video that F1 put out at the end of last season of the three rookies discussing their rookie season and that <laughs> positions gained on the opening lap, George Russell two, Morris lost four and Albon down ten. Facts. My first thought when I saw he qualified P12 was, oh, well, this is going to ruin his stats. This is, 
There go, the, there go the facts. There go the facts. He, he stayed strong. He stayed strong. Just only for a few more laps. Oh, I mean, Tony, that's the thing. He was still holding up, so he held it for those opening laps. So yeah. he didn't actually yell his basket case. <laughs> I would argue that by the time he binned it, it was outside of the opening laps. So it it's all good. It was indeed. Was but the- yeah, I think that's the thing. He's never been in that position before. So he's going to throw, I think, some of those, you know, learning experiences yeah. that yeah. Albon and um, Norris are going. We're still seeing them from Albon. Well, yeah, Albon's been kind of fucked over by a certain, a certain superstar a, certain a couple of times. But, you know, those, yeah, he's also put himself in those yes, positions. He's also, yeah, so, he's, he's left the door open a yeah, couple disappoint, times. Disappointing for Russell and Williams, but I think promising signs. Yep, promising loser. For me, <laughs> the biggest loser, apart from Ferrari... Oh, great TV show. It was a terrible TV show. It was a terrible TV, TV show. show. What are you terrible TV show. Oh, wow. The biggest loser of the relevant team because Haas and Alfa Romeo are kind of irrelevant. Alfa Tauri's like the leader of the backpack, but I mean, still whatever. the The biggest loser, apart from Ferrari, of the relevant teams for me was Renault. Yeah. I don't know if you followed their race particularly closely. I mean, I'm Australian. I am legally <laughs> obligated to watch everything Renault like a hawk. Yeah. Okay. So Ricardo, the only driver in the top ten to have mediums yeah Ocon his teammate is on the softs Ricardo is driving faster than Ocon despite the yeah I think difference. it was, it was, part, it was, it was that point where you'd started to reach the crossover and the options were now sorry the mediums were now the faster compound yeah so Ricardo quickly took a few places I think one or two know. places to be up behind Ocon and you mentioned it already earlier that Ocon is kind of known for being a trashy teammate with Perez back and forth in they, there was I don't want to say but yes there was there was some tension there um, and certainly a bit of infighting and rivalry and comings together well it was Ocon was just trying to protect his place yes and listening to the commentary at the time again my main man Martin Brundle has come out firing and he's like jeez it's only taking you two race weekends I've decided he's my Martin, favourite Martin human in the world uh, he's, he's good he's good value He's, he just mentioned straight away that, okay, Ocon is driving defensively here, and that's fine. He's racing really well. If Ricardo was any other driver, you'd be praising oh, him. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he's having to drive defensively, losing time, also loses Ricardo time. Yeah, 100%. Whereby Ricardo has this pace where he could have maybe gotten up, and you saw that once he finally did pass Ocon. He, he, went, he went forwards. He went competing with Sainz, etc., and um, that yeah, took well, three laps. It. And that's the... And I, honestly, I'm trying to think back. I'm not even sure that was really Ocon giving Ricardo the position as much It as wasn't. Ricardo just passed Which you, know, you see, see, that's a stark contrast to McLaren where... Exactly. And exactly. where Sainz did a... Per- where they played it perfectly. Sainz stayed in front for the three DRS zones, allowed Loris to have DRS maximum toe. Second, they got through, were heading through turn four, backed off, let Norris slip straight on by. Off yep. he went. Whereas, yeah, Ocon fully made Ricardo do it the hard way, use up a bit of those tyres, lose time to the guys in front. Yeah. And then, laps later, Ocon was out of the race anyway. Which, in fairness, disappointing for Ocon. And I, I, and I, Ocon I feel for him. Ocon probably would have gotten points had he Ocon, in, uh, he was driving And Ocon had it. Again, Ocon was another one in qualifying who was brilliant putting that car in, I think, fifth on the grid, out-qualifying Ricardo. Yep. Which is no mean feat. Yep. And so, he was looking impressive. And then, yeah, not a great race. And then he... You know, compounded that for himself by yeah driving negatively, not being a particularly great team player. Well, this is the thing. Ricardo mentioned over comms, "Hey, I'm I'm faster." He didn't directly ask um, Pit Lane to let him through, but he mentioned that, "Hey, I'm faster. Maybe let me through." And Renault didn't make the call. He they never made the call. Ricardo yeah. had to pass Ocon. And I just feel like that's a bit of mismanagement. Yeah, like, it is. It is, and it feels a little bit Renault. Uh, yeah, Renault's another one of those ones. They just don't seem to have all that great of a track record, particularly in the recent years. Yep. They've already had like a lot of guys cycle through that spot and that. Like in the last few, obviously, Sainz was there for a bit. You know, Hulkenberg's come and gone. You know, Ricardo's there now. Effectively, Ricardo has come and gone. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. It... And Alonso will only be there for one or two years maximum because he's. The situation—it's going to be fascinating with this car's continued reliability issues and you know, the fact they haven't taken that's a thing. Like McLaren jumped them last year, it looks like the racing, racing point has now jumped, jumped them, them this year. And yep. well, 
Oh, boy, oh, boy, we get to that in a minute. I tell you, Al- Al- Alonso's not the nice guy that Ricardo is. If, oh, if Ocon oh, does that. that to Alonso, Alonso is going to roast the oh, fuck even, out even of Even setting him. that aside, the way this car is going, yeah. that is one thing. That's the one thing. Because I said last week, obviously, I'm not thrilled with Alonso being in that seat. And I'll have, I think in a podcast idea I have a little bit down the line, I'll have a bit more of a discussion about some other people who I would have possibly liked to see in that seat. But the one thing you, Fernando will bring to that is, oh, unless this runner has a remarkable turnaround, <laughs> the radio messages we're going to get next oh, season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, Nando loves a good complaint. He <laughs> will be at them constantly. And yet, yeah, the other thing is losing that time could have been so crucial later on because the Reno did struggle later on. And you saw Ricardo. Oh yeah! If you if you want to if you want to look at that, say that you know, let's say he lost three or four seconds by sitting behind Ocon. Um, three or four seconds up the road, and he is P five as opposed to P eight. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. He would have stayed in front of Stroll, Lando maybe, but yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just it's unintelligent, is what it is. It's unintelligent, and as it was, he was beaten by both racing points. Indeed. Even the little upstart Canadian boy. Upstart Canadian boy. Shake my head. Upstart. What? Well, what? What would you call Lance Stroll? Is he an upstart? Uh, he's uh, daddy's cat. <laughs> daddy, daddy's little, daddy's little helper. That, that, oh, no, that doesn't. That's no. no that's, daddy's little racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daddy's favorite son. You yeah, got that? Yeah. Blast. Daddy's little racer works. Yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> But on to oh, those man. racing points. How um, good! That, that, I mean, their pace, that's because we, it was the pace we probably expected a little bit more uh, last weekend, where obviously... I don't know if we expected it to be this good. I mean, this is where the talk was at. This was where the talk was at, that this car was possibly, you know, right, like the top of the midfield and maybe even going to be on, you know... Probably, well, I don't know what we're really talking about being on the on the right on the heels of the top teams, but certainly top of the midfield is where we were. It was feeling like it was possibly going to be through preseason testing, and that with obviously a lot of conjecture about it. And because I think their racing points weekend in the Austrian Grand Prix was a bit underwhelming. Perez had a fairly middling race, and I believe Stroll was amongst the DNFs. Yep. And that, well, so Perez, Perez made a couple of mistakes later on, and they messed up the strategy yeah. with the safety cars. That yes, no, really they, yes, they did. Uh, yeah. a, yes, so Perez, yes, they did, didn't they? With and Perez, you come to this weekend, that. and they are they prove a point in FP one and two. They I did. They were one in five, and then there was a point in time having Sergio Perez and my F one fantasy team. I was fingers crossed. I was like, you know what, FP two is the qualifying results. I like the sound of that. Let's have Sergio going from P one. Thanks. Yeah, and then bang, come to qualifying, and they struggle with the wet. Understandable, these things happen. Uh, yeah, suddenly Perez is down to 17th I think and I, yeah he was and weirdly again my eyes lit up because I was like well that car's fast and you get points for positions gained well did, did we <laughs> get points oh boy. for positions and I, I have to say because I think you were I think I made a comment to you I think I made an off, off, sort of offhand joke to you about how like Perez was going to get me all the points as my turbo driver because he was going to come through and get on a podium and you were a bit like alright mate it's it like, wasn't it, and he didn't quite make it that no. far but Boy, oh boy, did he start doing very early on what I was hoping he would do. Oh, it and was I sat just, there it was literally just like, a, it was just like a man climbing a ladder. It was just going it up was, spot It really spot. was. I, this, this was. This was vintage, vintage Sergio Perez. And this was, a, once again, Sergio putting out a reminder of just how good he is mm. and probably just how unlucky he is with the way his career has fallen into place with respect to seats at top teams. Obviously he, you know, he had that McLaren seat, but that was just as McLaren started Mm. to come down a little bit. And he got, he, frankly, he got that too early. I think. Again, my main man, Martin Brundle mentioned that exact point that he Mm. made of, he he wasn't ready and he definitely wasn't ready to be in a head to head inter-team fight with Jensen Button. (laughs) <laughs> no and well, uh, yeah. like that's not the situation you want to be throwing a young bloke into because we saw a lot of few of the, uh, quite a few of that because the guys who came after him as well Magnussen and you know Max Magnussen Van Dorn and that they you know oh Stoffel 
Oh, but um, yeah, and it's just unfortunate because I think if he had a if there had been a couple more years wait, then he could so very easily have been that man who'd replace Massa at Ferrari instead of Raikkonen. Yep. Or, you know... I mean, that seems the most likely spot where he could have found his way yeah. into a top car. I couldn't... I think he's less 30 now, so it's kind of past. He, he still possibly has the opportunity. Obviously, you know, there isn't really that seat there. I'd be very surprised if he went to Mercedes and that. And to be honest, like that. And I'd be even more baffled if he ended up at Red Bull because they don't sign guys outside of their own driver academy, basically. That's just yeah. the way Red Bull operates. Which means that's the thing. Once again, there is no seat for him. Obviously, the possibility is that obviously that maybe Racing Point will continue well working their way towards... Is Racing Point a top car? This is a genuine conversation well, to be they, had. They almost look like they are... And I, I'm not going to rule out the fact that I still think McLaren's going to give them a really good run for the money in the team championship because yep. I think McLaren has better draft driver-wise. That's fair. I, Stroll, like, I would, be, I, I, I would not be surprised if Perez um, outpoints, maybe even comfortably outpoints both McLaren drivers, but I would expect the two McLaren boys to probably still finish further up than Stroll. Nah, they both just got better racecraft in my mind, so there's going to be situations they're going to strategize, and I think probably better strategy at McLaren. Yes. Um, then, yes. But, but yeah, that that it's just that car looks, you know. Well, we know Science ended up with the fastest lap, and yeah. he needed the fresh pit, and so did Verstappen. Because Perez was lighting up. Those Perez tires. was Perez was, it was constant purple. Yeah, for a literally just purple after purple. And that, after purple. that was on old tires, and he was still pushing the pace. And again, another another just again, vintage Sergio Perez always been amazing on his tires. Gets mm. so much out of a car. Um. Yeah, that that pace. That's, that's the thing because you already look like they've left Ferrari, which unexpected. But you know they've, they've left Ferrari. They look like they're ahead of you know Renault. They're possibly ahead of McLaren. So yeah. then maybe I think I think the fight. I think the fight for I think there's going to be the fight will be a Racing Point and McLaren for the third third best car on the grid. But I think yep. If I had to pick out of the two of them, for is there one car that can possibly even, you know. And if it Red Bull's heels, I think it is it's, probably, it's possibly the racing point, and that uh, particularly Sergio. Well, and he I was think nipping at Alex outright. Albon's heels. He, he literally he, nipped. He his... was indeed, and that unfortunately <laughs> cost Perez in the end. Yes. He wasn't quite that with that bit of contact. Turn four for Albon. Boy oh boy, not a yeah. not a not a corner he's in love with. I imagine at the moment now. <laughs> you mentioned after the race he had Lewis flashbacks, but um yeah yeah Perez just not quite finding yeah. that gap and. Yeah, and for the, the contact, and, and yeah, yeah, and you know, then he was you driving see faster than Alex. Oh, comfortably, he was definitely, yeah. he was definitely faster than Alex, and he was looking almost surefire. I mean, he spent a long time behind Albon, and then yeah, you see, you cut to him, you suddenly saw on the timing sheets the thing had dropped from like seven tenths down to two, and you're like, oh, oh, and then they yeah. cut, and he was going up the inside, and fortunately, it all went. So thankfully, not disastrously wrong, but certainly not very well for Checo. Yeah, big checker. Um, but yes, yeah, so that racing point. Yeah, and in his stroll, I think stroll was he didn't drive through anywhere near as much. Perez going seventeenth all the way up to almost fourth and eventually finishing sixth. Oh, but, but stroll was still pretty. Stroll impressive. moved his car forward from I believe eleventh on the grid through to eventual finish of seventh and was at times sort of competing, looking at possibly you know sort of a P six I think. So both of them moved forward fairly well showed strong pace you talk about racecraft though the way Stroll got past Ricardo, how do we feel about that <laughs> look I don't I understand that you got the, obviously the impression he was frustrated at he, how he couldn't get past Ricardo, but like Ricardo there's no there's driving, no need for that. yeah. that's on that's on Stroll and I was surprised I would have thought Stroll could have ate Ricardo up he's got that Mercedes engine quicker engine than the Renault Renault car, is the worst car in the racing midfield. point Definitely. Well, yeah. Yes. If you want to say the, if you want to call the midfield, oh, yeah. I think at this point in time, it's too early to say Renault is better than Ferrari, who I think are now part of the midfield. Yes, they so, are. So yes, I would. I would say <laughs> at this stage, I'm unprepared to make a call between McLaren and Racing Point because Racing Point looks like maybe got a bit more raw pace, but McLaren a bit of a more rounded pass, pass package and better mm-hmm. consistency. 
And then, yes, it'll be interesting to see whether it's Reto or Ferrari who is truly at the bottom of that midfield. Yeah. Maybe it's Alpha Tauri. Uh, maybe it is Alpha Tauri. Maybe it's Danny Kvyat. Ha <laughs> Can I just say, the biggest story of the weekend, Kvyat gets his first point. Ah, uh, that is... Humongous that is, effort. That is Superb always, driving. Outdrove always Gasly. good to see. Oh, Danny Kvyat's a gun. He is. He but, should um, take the Mercedes seat. Oh, yeah. Get him back in the Red Bull. Yeah. Round two. Why not? Why not? I mean, Kvyat's got more pace than Albon, honestly. Agreed. Um, <laughs> but those, obviously, as you said, so Lance Stroll, second to last lap. Lance Stroll's is that obviously how being, late on it was? It was the second to last Man, lap. Ricardo it was, did so well it was, I believe, it, was the, it was the third to last lap that Perez made his move, nipped his front wing. Second to last lap. Oh, actually, maybe... No, I reckon... Oh, no, I reckon it was probably on the... It sounds it, right. Perez was a fair way up. So maybe it was both on the same lap. Was, Perez was a fair way up the road from It got them. hectic towards the end. But yeah, I'm just trying to think, because uh, like, they had about two laps of chasing them. But yeah, so basically what happened was... Um, obviously, Stroll's been sitting behind Ricardo for a while. Norris has been able to close up to the back of this as well because of that. Because of Stroll, Stroll, pu- yeah, Stroll puts a dive on Ricardo going into three, forces them both wide, which obviously Stroll allows Stroll through on Ricardo, allows Norris to get through on Ricardo as well. Almost thought he could get through on Stroll, wasn't quite able to pull that move off, so he slots in behind. Yes. At this point, obviously, his engineer Jose is coming over the radio, and you know, sort of that. Put into scenario seven, um, which I think is almost any neutral and certainly any McLaren fan's new favourite phrase. Um, and you know, single push overtake. Are you a McLaren fan officially? Oh, I was a, I was a McLaren fan officially before. I've been McLaren's <laughs> been my team of choice. Okay. For the law probably since the pairing was became signs and. Well, I'm officially that. racing point. You, even though I think Lance Stroll is a Interesting. Dick. Interesting. That's you, how much you, I love Checo, you man. Have put, oh, I do love Checo as well. You've put your allegiance with racing point. With the a pinks, baby. With unlikely the pinks. to be a popular opinion online, but... <laughs> Don't care. Love it. Lance Stroll, okay. <laughs> There's one thing about pushing a guy wide, sure. Like, take that gap. And that was the first gap that Ricardo had left him in, like, 20 freaking laps. Ricardo had done such a good job. And, but he, he Stroll went off the track yes that's how far wide he pushed yeah, no, that, 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 uh, there was a lot of uh, it's hard to say that's an, an overtake that should have stand, stood there were talks of a penalty that didn't come mm-hmm. but then Ricardo obviously yeah. had said it was a desperate move and not good driving which I agree with uh, absolutely I think there was, there's a quote here okay this is this is Ricardo's words my boy obviously Lando was coming and I think he had to do something or Lando would eat him up but if I take the apex, we would crash. So Ricardo's driven. Should have just taken track. the Sergio Perez method, turned down in on him. Yeah, well, well, it worked out. It worked out okay for all involved parties the previous week. <laughs> Why not do it again? Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so obviously after that, the Perez and the Perez is starting to slow with his front wing. Norris hits in three DRS zones. Um, then on the final lap, gets past no, um, Stroll into turn four. He's, he engineer then comes on the radio telling him that Perez is really slow. Be careful for that. But also five seconds of overtake button because we're going to try to go for it. Mm-hmm. And obviously we come in. It, it shows the guys coming across, like, you know, Hamilton coming across the line, Butters coming across the line, Verstappen coming across the line. Then it cuts to, I think, the camera shot <laughs> looking from turn nine down the straight back towards turn eight. And you see Perez coming into frame very slow with his wing looking horrible. Yes. And then ranging up behind him, here comes Norris and the lads. Yep. And Perez obviously doesn't get through turn nine with any pace. Lander comes in, ducks to the inside, bit of overtake button as well, nips on the inside, and then they go three wide behind him and Perez holds on by, I think it was half a tenth yes. on Stroll and then a tenth, only a tenth from Perez to Ricardo and P8, yeah. making a great finish. Another insane... And it wasn't just early game. It's not even like it's not just been the final lap yet. Both times it's been two lap. It's been the last two laps because with two laps to go, that I believe yeah. Norris got past signs and Hamilton's five second penalty was confirmed. And those last two laps, particularly the final lap in Austria, where he did that, and then again, it's those last two laps for Lando Norris, he is just and yeah, end of the race. Norris is just. Ooh, he's a frightening prospect for other midfield drivers. He really is. He, he is, really for me, is. He, he's been comfortably yeah. into, like top of the power rank. He's, like, he's been pound for pound the best driver so far. Yeah, well, science is the king of the new track last year. You, you, Norris is the, just the king of 
That is it. I'm going to be fascinated moment. to see as this season goes on whether or not I'm honest. I don't want to make the jump too soon because one of the things I was going to had we got this podcast off and running during pre before season that started. One thing I was going to make as a probably a prediction was that I think I reckon McLaren. I still possibly do. Well, certainly I was going to say McLaren to come up with plenty of podiums. They've already got one. Yeah. But I was possibly going to say McLaren as a bold prediction to win a race in one of those ones where, you know, things are a bit weird and it all falls in place for, you know, someone not in the same yes. to win. And yeah. I thought that. But I was definitely going to be pegging, hitching <coughs> um, my ride to that being Carlos Sainz for that. I'm starting to think it, it's going to happen, but it's my, I think it might be Lando. Or Checo. Unless it's going to be really gets... hard for Checo to win a race from McLaren, mate. I'm just talking <laughs> McLaren here. But uh, <laughs> no, the scene, I would say the scenes of Sergio Perez can win a race. I would be completely yeah. comfortable with that. Unless his car gets impounded, but we yes. can get to that later. That, well, I think at this point, that brings us to the post-race events I just want to mention Styria. that I think, I think this particular track is one of the better tracks in the, in the circuit. Just... Oh, Austria, uh, that's now three straight high, like, more than high, more than, you know, good two, I think we had two absolute belters and one very, very good race at the Red Bull Ring we've had now, going back to last year. Yep. And that, it's, it is, it is consistently one, since its return to the calendar, one of the more exciting tracks. It's beautiful too. It's gorgeous. Oh, beautiful location, Spielberg. The Styrian Hills. It's fun to see... Cars like the McLaren and the Racing Point do so well, but are Racing Point cheating their socks off? Yes, that brings obviously post race Renault. Obviously, and it's not like this is a big part of nowhere secret. Obviously, everyone knowing the controversy all preseason, everything is they rocked up, and everyone's like, "Oh, that looks an awful lot like last year's Mercedes painted pink." <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> and so obviously and it's not like it's not like Racing Point have tried to hide it they've openly said that, look yep they went away and they you know why not they studied images and that of last year's Mercedes mm-hmm. and attempted to in their own way replicate it and that and it's it's that's it it's an so obviously yet yeah, Renault has lodged a protest um, saying that, that particularly I think it surrounds is it the front and rear right. front and rear brake ducts were impounded yes. off the racing point Along and the FAA requested the 29 parts of the Mercedes. Um, so I think from my, my stance, I'll be interested to hear what you think on this. If somehow it comes to light that Mercedes has directly like given schematics or exact parts to racing point, then that's not on. But yep. I'd be very surprised at that. I can't. I don't know. I just don't see Mercedes doing that. Why would Mercedes do that? That Mercedes, like, if the Germans no. aren't the first of all, the Germans aren't like that giving, and the Mercedes Formula One team is definitely not. That no, giving. they don't take prisoners. There's no way no. Toto's going. Ah, oh, yes, you know, we will just give them the odd parts. You know, let's give them a car that can compete with us for fast. So what? What like is? That. Well, that's it. If it's what has happened, they've sort of tracing point has said has happened, which is that they have tracing pointed it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's it. If they've gone, okay, you know what? Our R and D plan for getting ready for next season, because of course, when the regulations were coming in, the plan was, that's you know, actually terrible. This, this was a one-off. Yeah, well, the tracing point is a brilliant piece of banter oh, directed at. It really at them. is. It Me really saying is. that was not so great. <laughs> but um, there was only going to be this one year period before the new regulations came in, and so in many ways, as I said, I've, I was listening to an opinion online. It's almost like a you know, it's a no lose situation. They they take this risk, they attempt to copy a car, which is notoriously difficult. And if it all goes, you know, all falls, you know, they fall on their faces, it doesn't work out. Well, so they've only got to deal with it one year. Everything's going to be different next year with radical regulation changes. And if they nail it, well, they've got a great car. Yeah. As it turns out, obviously the regulation change has been pushed back a year, but they've got the great car, so it's now they've got it for two years. Exciting. Um, and well, then, but yeah. can I just say, Chrissy Horner actually came out and said <laughs> that he felt you're going to be off this podcast. He quick, felt smart, the racing point was the fastest car on the circuit. I think it was at time. Well, I mean, it was at time. Perez yeah. was lining up the timesheet. Did you like that one, man? Did you like that? Yeah. If it wasn't for signs pitting right at the end, I think they would have had the fastest lap yeah. probably with Perez. Yeah. And that's just... This is the thing I really... I don't want this to come... Okay, 
if Mercedes, is, like you said, giving them schematics, then that's one thing. But I really hope it doesn't happen because this is entertaining. Oh no, I tell you, I'm fully embraced. I fully embrace that thing. If they've literally gone away and gone, all right, but lads, here's the plan. We're t- it's time to start. You know, we've done enough for this season. We can't really take this year's card anymore. Let's get cracky on next year's cards. Anyone got any suggestions for what we do? You know, we're gonna take some radical different thing, try something, come up something. You know, come up with our own blown dif- blown diffuser or something. Some radical new innovative system. You know, our answer to DAS, that kind of thing. And someone's just, I think someone at the back just sort of stuck his head and gone, Well, I've got a bunch of this photos of the Merc. <laughs> like, you want to have a, you know, have a look at them and see if we can replicate it. And they've just yeah. gone, You know what, mate? Marty. Marty. You absolute madman. That is brilliant. Let's do that. They put all their chips into the basket of we're going to try to recreate the Mercedes. And it's worked. That's a challenge in itself. So I have like, I have honestly no issue with it if that's what happened. If you're crazy if to go, instead of trying to make our own car, we're going to attempt to create a car. We can't even see the bits inside of it. Mm-hmm. We can only kind of see some of the bits that are like half inside, half outside. But we're going to attempt to recreate this thing and hope it, you know, applies to us and that. Fair play to them. And they've pulled it off. It's made, it's launched up the table. It's made the midfield fight more interesting. It's potentially made... The fight for the podium behind Mercedes is more interesting. Oh, yeah. Fair play to them. Especially with Red Bull struggles. Shout out to Marty the photographer, man. <laughs> he Using those rule of thirds, he, he got some good picks. Great job. And so he yeah. also screams of just Renault being a bit Oh, petty. this is definitely Renault having a sook, Cyril Abitabol having a... Yeah. Having a whinge over the fact that, oh, you know, why didn't we think of that? I mean, strong, much harder, probably yeah. much harder for Renault to copy the Mercedes because they've got a different rear end with the, you know, the Renault power unit and that. Yes. And they don't have... Well, I mean, they could try copying the McLaren, which is clearly the best Renault car on the grid, but... Yes, very true. Good Lord, McLaren's going to have a Mercedes engine next season. How exciting is that? Is that real? Yeah, yeah McLaren oh, switches to Mercedes. Yeah. So, better engine than the Renault. Is the, is better she, chassis than the Renault. Renault will be the only actual Renault car? Uh, yes, Renault will, at that point, because they're on the other team they're supplying, and right now he's McLaren. So, yes, Renault will only be supplying themselves next season. That's which, telling. Which is, yeah, how it possibly should be, considering some of the uh, tech that Renault has supplied over the last decade or so. <laughs> That is telling, yeah. Wow. But yeah, so yeah, I really, I don't think it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, at this point, no resolution to this protest has happened. You would, th- I at this point, it feels like probably considering it's now Thursday, I can see this lingering past Hungary. But yeah. you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether a you know harsh judgment is made either way. But I certainly hope that it's not that no real action is taken credit to Racing Point for going with a ballsy plan and pulling it off yep 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 oh man that's it was, it's a good weekend so you thought yeah. it wasn't all that interesting but well, I think I think yeah and that's it I think just being news that's it it's early it was by no means a bad Grand Prix I think that's a thing you'd look back that was better than a lot of Grand Prix we've had for a lot because there's plenty of Grand Prix that don't have a crazy incident right on the third corner and there's a lot of Grand Prix that don't have um you know an insane last two laps yeah and there's or even plenty of Grand Prix there's still have a, you, you get Grand Prix that don't even have a couple of you know interesting spots like Verstappen v Hamilton not Verstappen v Hamilton Verstappen v Bottas and you know what the hell are Renault doing what the and hell are Renault Sergio doing Sergio Perez marching through the field so like it was yeah. more than good night that and obviously Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend um, was a, um, was a leading well, into well, the next weekend. Well, Hungary was a very strong Grand Prix last weekend. One of the ones I when last I went back year. through. Say sorry, yes, last year when I went back through and re, um, watched over a couple of Grand Prix during the off season, Hungary was one of the ones I did go my way to watch. Obviously, fight between Verstappen and Hamilton for the win with um, Hamilton eventually getting it. I believe Verstappen was on pole for the Hungarian Grand Prix last year. I know Hamilton has come out and said. Obviously, because we've talked on in this show about Red Bull, you know, feeling they've got stuff they need to improve on the car. But Hamilton has come out and said that he does. He, you know, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Red Bull is particularly, you know, is is competitive in Hungary. So he's yep. certainly not prepared to that. And I, I would like it if you know, possibly attract that suits Red Bull a little bit better. So that could be exciting. 
It seems like everyone's suited to this track. Racing Point think they're suited to this track. Ferrari think they're suited to this track. Red Bull now. Well, Mercedes think Red Bull Mercedes, Mercedes. Classic, classic just covering their bases. Oh, well, it's a... The track is yeah. good. The track is good. you know the track is good for you know the Red Bull. Oh well, oh oh we didn't get part. Oh, well you know the track's mm. good for the Red Bull, or we absolutely smashed them. Yeah. <laughs> well, the track's good for the Red Bull. <laughs> Look what we did. So like, hey, uh. but no, it should be it should be a okay. There's a very good chance. Can we go three in a row for three straight great Grand Prix? Um, yeah. He's hoping. Absolutely. He's and hoping. Uh, so yeah, prediction prediction for the weekend. I it's hard to hard to go past that. I'll take um I'll take Hamilton for pole, but Bottas to win. And I'm going to take Sergio Perez <laughs> to finish in second. Second Hamilton third. Checo second. Who was your winner, sorry? Bottas. Bottas. So Bottas Perez Hamilton for my podium. This is two straight predictions of Bottas winning from you. Uh, yeah, seeing the allegiances come out here, Matthew. I forgot I predicted what last week. Yes, you did. Oh dear, but and I think another good showing from McLaren as well. I imagine. I I reckon. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna predict a good race. I'm I'm going to hopefully predict a good race as well. Like with hope in my heart, genuine hope. I'm I'm gonna I'm keen to watch this because this is a pretty decent track as well. Um, I am predicting that Max's frustration will force Red Bull into changing the car to a point that the car is going to be better and Verstappen will just flex hard and win this race. Max Verstappen will win. I'm going to go Hamilton second and Leclerc third. Charles Leclerc is going to come up big boys again. And well, you love to see it. Prove the Ferrari haters wrong. By third, right. coming third, which isn't amazing, but whatever. Oh dear! That does it for another episode of the Really Grid. Catch us, well, hopefully, catch us here next week. Absolutely, we'll get, get next week, hundred percent. Also, big follow, things, big things to follow come. Follow my SoundCloud and check out my blog, hubmedia.com. Thank you very much. You're a disgrace. Yes. <laughs>